We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This is Cheryl from Jajawarong Country. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 160 of the Beyond 90 podcast. We've got a fantastic four uh, to bring the latest in the world of women's football to you. And uh, this quartet, we've replaced the stress of World Cup group stage action with the even greater stress of World Cup knockout stage action. So joining me, Dale Roots, Cheryl Downs and Magella Card. So firstly, I might uh, head on to you, Cheryl, because you're back after a bit bit of a uh, break uh, from uh, actual recording activities, although you do still publish the audio, of course. Cheryl, uh, what has this World Cup been like from your perspective? Hectic, but I I think it's been hectic for everyone, but it's been heaps of fun. I, I feel like you need to get your match fitness and maybe it's the same as for all of the teams, like my, mm-hmm. my world, exactly the same as these professional athletes. I'm getting through the group stages. You don't really hit your full form until you're getting into the knockouts and finals. So, you know, you have to taper yourself in at the right level. So that's kind of how I've been doing it. We've just had, we had three matches in a row. So back-to-back matches and that sort of tested me, but I got through it. Okay. Unscathed, no injuries, sore throat, but perfect. I will say that I am getting sick of stadium food for not breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but Mm -hmm. certainly each and every dinner Mm -hmm. is a bit average. So yep, there you go. But good to be here. Yep. uh, Great to see. And of course we've, uh, yeah, I like that the idea that uh, we are athletes in our own right and we are kind of building up to the final. Yes. I'm going to carry that attitude with me and I will not listen to anyone who tells me I'm not an athlete from now on. Thank you, Cheryl. Also, um, Someone who definitely uses uh, her lungs during games, Magella Card. Um, I'm absolutely. Gonna, yeah. Oh, look! I'm absolutely going to keep that um, that analogy going because <laughs> I was just saying um, to someone on Twitter today, and I'm, I re- I refuse to call it anything other than Twitter, but um, mm-hmm. that I feel like at the moment we're on rest days and we're doing exactly the same as the teams. We are resting, we are recovering, we are refueling. I, and I was just saying like Matilda's active. We need our own like massage therapist. And honestly, after the Nigeria game, I think we needed a team psychologist as well, but we're forging <laughs> on. Um, we're, we're, we're getting there. Um, I've got another blessed day of um, rest tomorrow before getting back into it on Friday. And then of course, a big game on, on Saturday in my hometown of Brisbane, which I'm, I'm really um, excited about and hoping that we can do a bit of a, an, an Asian cup trend uh and have brisbane come back for a, another big win as um to make up for the loss against nigeria love great to link that to previous tournaments and someone who's uh done the major tournament thing of booking of waiting to see where the team is going and then booking flights dale you're going to brisbane aren't you i am yeah. uh i'd like to thank uh the airline of choice rex for taking all of my money uh as i buy flights up to brisbane um no it was it was i definitely uh booked flights i booked flights at the pub after the game uh yes. much to the chagrin of my dearly beloved mm. um but you know we have we've spent a lot of time together over the the last two and a bit weeks and it's time for me to have a trip up to Brisbane by myself. Um, it is, uh, I am I am very glad that it is a 5.30 game or five o'clock game or a, the earlier game of the evening because it means that I have more time to A, sort everything out when I get there and B, uh, 
enjoy and imbibe after the game, no matter what the result. But it has been a great tournament. It's good to be back too. Yes. Um. But, uh, I will not be going to Brisbane. I, yeah, of course, as I think I've said a lot of times, working for a, a football club during taking breaks during the season has already been, mm. they've been very generous. So, but you know, I have England versus Columbia to look forward to. And so uh, just, I, I look forward. I enjoyed being surrounded by Colombians as they defeated Jamaica by a goal to nil. They're very, they're, they're very nervous when the other team attacks, but that, that'll be good for me and great for the atmosphere at um, Sydney Olympic park. But yes, uh, I don't even, Oh yes, of course we should start with um the, uh, to, this week's featured Matilda, Cap 160. It's a Queenslander just like Madge Brooke Spence. Made her debut in 2008 and played for the national team until uh, 2012. Grassroot, grassroots clubs. Oh, I'm going to butcher this. Kawungan and Mount Gravit Hawks. Uh, she made 12 appearances for the Tillies. She was a defender and a player. I got near to the century of appearances for Brisbane Raw, 89 appearances for the team in orange also won the 2008 AFF championship. Uh, she's been overseas. She played uh, for the Colorado Rapids and a, one of our multi-sport athletes. She also excelled at softball and mm. yeah, obviously as Queenslander, we've got to throw to Madge first. Uh, you have more recent memories of Brooke. Yeah, no, I, I think recently she was uh, running around with, uh, with Kapalaba uh, in the MPL and was, I think was assistant coaching for them as well. So, uh, many strings to her bow. And, you know, I just remember her being like just a, a, a really like a big, a, a really great leader in, in the Brisbane Raw sort of early on as well. And, um, you know, great defender and, um, and like mobile and, and, and resolute. So, um, yeah, it, it was a pity that we sort of, um, that you didn't get more of her in, in the dub, but, uh, yeah, so fantastic player, and yes, yeah, it's, it's been great to see her sort of you know come back to football uh, in the NPL in Queensland as well. Uh, I feel the same way. I, I feel like we lost her too soon from the game, and she was always for me. I mean, obviously, people know I'm Victorian through and through, but have a soft spot for Brisbane Roar as well, and, and thought that Brooke was a great player for them. You know, just someone that you could rely on, and did a great job, and and you actually enjoyed watching her play. So the fact that we didn't get to see her more often playing, a bit disappointing. I mean, they're the the Brisbane Roar memories. The the memories of her playing for the Matildas, I have to say, are a bit vague for me, but um, always good to celebrate another strong player. And, you know, if she played with the Matildas the same way that she played for Brisbane, then, yeah, hats off. Yeah, and uh, we can assume she did that. Uh, thanks to Dell for pointing this out before we started. Uh, she does have a background as a physiotherapist, like a lot, like a lot of footballers. Also, um According to LinkedIn, currently working for Stryker, who's one of the world's leading medical technology companies. So, oh yes. So, what do they do? So, uh, products and services, surgical, neurotechnology, orthopedics, and spine. So, uh, definitely very uh, wonderful work. Also, I feel like she's not the first person we've spoken about who works for Stryker. I but... feel like Amy Chapman as well. Yeah, I was going to yes. say, I feel like Chappie <laughs> is the other one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how about that? Uh, two raw legends now working at the same company. Isn't that mm. wonderful? Uh, right, there's only one place to start. Australia to Denmark nil. Uh, Penilla Harder stressed me out in the first half and in the second half as well, but uh, Australia through to the final eight. Um, who wants to go first? Uh, how good is knocking Denmark out of the World Cup? 
Oh yeah, uh, it, we're get, we as a country getting lots of experience in destroying yeah, strings. Yeah. Look, we gave them. Uh, I, I'm almost certain that Princess Mary has been a sleeper agent uh, over the last <laughs> 18 months, yes. and for that, I will be eternally grateful. Um. Yeah, as you said, I was I was a little worried. Like the first 20 minutes, we were kind of under the cosh a bit, and then we scored, and then we really didn't look back. Um, there were a few moments where Harder got the ball from deep and uh, had a few pop shots, but it was pretty. I mean, it was just like you know, it was a work-like performance. They got the two goals. I remember having this because I remember having this discussion with my dearly beloved at halftime, but. She said, oh, what do you think is going to happen here? I said, I think we'll push on. We'll go for one more. We'll give it probably 15 minutes before the end. We'll start making subs. We'll get Kerr on if we really need to, get some minutes in the legs, and then we'll just play the game out. It's basically what happened. Everybody kind of picked, picked their ball and went <clears> home <throat> after that. Yeah, I think, again, it was kind of a little bit like that Canada game, getting that first goal. I think really, uh, especially after Denmark were up and about at, at the beginning of the game, being able to sort of turn that around. And um, I, I think it was Sam Lewis's article uh, sort of pointing to the fact that Steph Catley went down sort of uh, you know halfway or so into that first half. And it was like, oh, was that maybe a little bit of gamesmanship to sort of, um, you know, get the team huddled over and, and get a sort of change of tactics going on perhaps. Um, but yeah, if, if it, if it was fortuitous or if it was planned, um, it worked. Um, and, and yeah, they really turned it around sort of from, from that point and uh, sort of really started to push on and, and were able to sort of, you know, close up a few of those um, attacking options that, that Denmark were getting. I mean, and, and someone like Penilla Harder, she's, she's, she's quality. So she's, mm. she's always going to be dangerous and she's going to do what she's going to do. And I think what was good was that the shots she was getting, they they were still difficult shot. They they there were no gimmies sort of uh, given to her, uh, even 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 if she was able to slalom through <laughs> through a few players. Um, mm. uh, she she still wasn't like given an easy shot on goal. But yeah, I mean from our perspective, we were down on the fence, um, going crazy, uh, you know, having an absolute ball. But yeah, after getting that first goal, it it. And feeling like we sort of wrestled control of the game back from that point. And yeah, you know, it really felt like we were fairly well, not comfortable, but um, you know, it 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 wasn't sort of like gnashing teeth for the yeah. rest of the game. It was it, it felt like a really uh professional and um you know work workman, work person, work player like performance mm. from the team. One of the things that I love about the Sydney Stadium is watching the ants play up on level six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and look, I'm smart enough. I've been to enough football games that I, I travel and I don't know, apologies if this is too much information, but for an overnight trip of something like 16 hours, I travel with a pair of underwear and, and that's it. And my binoculars. Yeah. So I've taken my underwear and binoculars and I was sitting beside this young kid. Maybe she was 10 years old and she was wrapped about being there. She was frightened about how high the seats were, but she was wrapped about being there watching the football, but you can't see them. They're ants. Now I've watched enough football that I I know certainly for the Matildas from their gate, what a, you know, which players, Mm. which it's like, yeah, Yeah. that's blah, blah, blah. And so I'd given off my binoculars to the young girl and she was having a ball just watching her Her mum kept saying, give them back, give them back. I'm like, it's fine. You know, I I can see enough of what's going on, but 
Yeah, I mean, it's great that you get so many people in to watch the game. The game is a bit different. You have a really good perspective of the whole pitch. I like Mm. that. But, yeah, the nuances of what's really happening down there can be a little bit tricky to get to. But for me, and I think it's probably been written about, and I think Tony's spoken about it as well, that even though Australia didn't really have the, they weren't on top in the early stages of the match, they didn't seem bothered. Mm. They were happy to absorb that. They weren't panicking. And I think, again, he talked, he used the same words. He's talking about the maturity of the team and, you know, it's not, it's okay to not be on top all the time. And then that's when you look into your toolkit and you say, okay, what we started with doing wasn't quite right. Hey, Steph, go down a little bit. Let's have a think about what's the next thing that we can try. And I, I think eventually they, they did work out the way to get it work working for me. Caitlin Ford is becoming the Caitlin Ford that I've always mm. seen. I think she is she is leveling up beyond what she's ever delivered before. But what I, you know, I personally had seen in her and was just hoping that it would come. Um, I've heard some people say things like, oh, Mary Fowler didn't play super well, but you know what? She she did the great things that she needed to do at great moments. Yep. So yes. and and this comes back to people who you know, what are they expecting? Are they expecting her to score goals all the time or are they expecting her to be involved in that pass and that pass? They've created goals. So yeah. people, people are learning football and then so I'm trying to be come from a place of kindness and I'm happy that you're involved in learning and mm-hmm. it's then on us to maybe just take a gentle step and say, oh, but she did this and that. And I, I think rather than me losing my mind about people not knowing enough, it's take the gentle steps, try and take people on the journey with us because all of these people that are turning up to games haven't been lifelong fans or haven't been around for ages, but we want them to be. Yeah. So, And they're not going to get there if we sort of look at them with a, a bad side eye and say, you know, it's not good enough. You don't know enough about our game because it's not our game. It's everyone's game. And just take them gently on the journey. Off my soapbox now. There you go. I'm going to go on with that Mary Fowler issue because I think when you've got players like a Caitlin Ford, an Ellie Carpenter, a Haley Razzo, uh, Courtney Vine, look, we, we've got a lot of players who are those big, hard-running athletic players. And I think people look at like a, a Mary Fowler looks like she's a bit in slow motion. She she doesn't look like she's ever in a hurry on the pitch. And sometimes I feel like that's what people are reacting to. But when she makes that brilliant pass and has that vision, to to Caitlin Ford to set up that goal and and the second goal as well, mm-hmm. great pass Absolutely. through to um to Emily Van Egmond and and then like I, I, there's one angle where you can see Katrina Gorey basically pointing at Van Egmond to say give it to Haley Razzo, uh who was like free for the open shot like it, yeah is it not every player has to be a carbon copy of the same sort of thing and I think Australians do probably lean towards um respecting the fast frenetic player uh whereas like a player like mary fowler she's a she she's she looks relaxed on the field and i think it, it looks a bit odd but um and I, I to take it to another team someone like a lauren james i think is similar playing for england and when you see her playing for like a chelsea where chelsea being like a high energy pressing team and then lauren james is sometimes just looks like she's floating sort of around the pitch mm. sometimes so um 
I, I, yeah, it, it, and I agree, Cheryl. It's, it's about that sort of maybe pointing out the the different attributes and and the qualities that different players can bring to a team, uh, and how you know the the sum of the parts make 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 an awesome performance. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that that's bred into us from uh, you know the dominant sports in this country in terms of rugby league, rugby union, well, rugby league, AFL, cricket. It's all about how fast, how hard, how, you know, uh, how often you can do these these feats of strength or feats of endurance. And we don't really have uh, a real appreciation for the technical. I mean, there's, there's, if you're a cricket fan, for example, you watch somebody like Nathan Lyon and you look at him and you go, oh, he gets a lot of wickets, but he gets hit around a lot. Oh, that's not so great. Like, we really like that he gets wickets. But there's there's same with Shane Warne, for example, Richie Benno before him. We've never really appreciated these people for the geniuses that they are. And I think that's the same kind of thing in football. Like, a lot of people really appreciated Mark Viduka. We haven't really had a player like Dukes in the Socceroos setup since he retired. And Fowler is the similar kind of player. Like, obviously, she's not an out-and-out forward. She's much more technical. She's very calm on the ball. As you say, like, she's kind of languid. She lopes mm. with the ball. She moves softly and kind of flows with, when she's in possession. And, like, I think that we look at that and then we kind of conversely see, oh, she doesn't necessarily, like, harry in defence and she doesn't necessarily, like, oh, you know, push people off the ball and win tackles and stuff. And we go, oh, well, what is she actually doing out there? Oh, she's playing a 60-yard pass to Caitlin Ford and then she's playing an absolute sand wedge into Van Egmond between four defenders. Like, those are special players. And for her to be doing that at 20 with really only one season in, like, a proper top flight league with no disrespect to, to France, uh, I think is it shows uh, that we, you know, as you say, we're still, as Cheryl says, we're still growing. We're appreciating these things. You have to learn to appreciate these things. You don't grow up, you know, you don't come out of the womb appreciating Picasso, but you have to learn, you have to put that into context and you have to appreciate the ecosystem before you can kind of see the art that is, as you say, Mary Fowler applying. I, I think in tight spaces, having a shot on goal, Mary Fowler is the player that I would want. She is able to generate so much power Mm. from no space whatsoever. So absolutely. And I agree with what everyone's saying. You don't want every player to be a carbon copy because then you actually won't be able to do anything because Mm. everyone player sitting there, weren't you going to give it to me? No. Um, So Mary Fowler absolutely has her place. And I just hope that one of the things, and I found this out when I've been to the other world cups as well, is that, when you're at the matches, you don't see as much of the commentary. You don't hear as of much of the commentary because you're there and you're doing your own commentary. And you might hear your mates beside you, in front of you, behind you, whatever it might be. But you don't hear how they're educating new people in their commentary. So if they say something, and I, look, I don't know if they do or don't, but if they're telling people, Mary Fowler is doing this and this is why we need it and this is why it's different, then that's brilliant because then they're educating more and more people to understand the game more. I don't think that we always get that. I think some of the commentary has been sensational from what I've heard. I don't know that it's always going to that level, and I, I think it's brilliant when we get that level. Uh, 
all great points. Uh, the thing I'm going to add is that, as once again, as some of you would know, I'm terrible at predictions. I think Dale saw a message I sent. Um, it feels like we're falling to a trap. And then th- about three minutes later, that Mary Fowler through ball. And I think yeah. it shows the vision. The pitch was cramped inside Australia's own half. And then suddenly Caitlin Ford looked like she had the freedom of Sydney Olympic Park. But just, yeah. uh, I was right behind that pass. I, I saw the gap just a split second before she played the pass. And I thought that's just... That I, she's in. Yeah, she's already I in. was gonna say, I remember her getting the ball and turning away from the defender and just being like, We're on here, and then playing this. Oh, how's she gonna get oh, okay. Well, the ball's over there now. And perfectly through the four defenders. Yep. Lovely stuff. Great finish. That's what I was gonna say. I mean, there there were four, if not six, defenders that were taken mm-hmm. out of the play from that one ball. And that's Mary Fowler eating that up brilliantly. And then it's Caitlin or Kate, obviously taking, taking that opportunity and creating even more from it because, you know, that's not easy what she did either. She can try to keep his legs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that that's pretty gutsy, I think, but yeah, well, well done Australia. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, the other point about people need different skills. Yeah. I mean, we love the fast plays. We love seeing people run fast, but you know, you can only truly unlock that when you have players with that fowler like vision to yeah. put them to not just know that they're open, to put the ball perfectly in their path so they don't have to break stride. Um, yeah, but plenty to cover, of course, with the World Cup second round. I think the second one, that's obvious. Sweden defeating the United States on penalties and with apologies to all our American listeners. Hooray! The USA are out. What a what a time to be alive. Yes. I cannot believe that penalty shootout. <laughs> oh I, I don't think you could have been in a pub in Sydney without it being packed full of Americans. So yeah. pub watching. I was in my Sweden uh, like men's 2014, whatever Euro shirt that I picked up on holiday when um, when I was over there um, and we were probably the only Sweden fans in there. And look, I, I was, I was, I was basically just going for Sweden just to be a bit anti-US, but, yes. but man, that, that, that game was nerve wracking. Mm. Not, not even being that, that, that invested in it. It was um, yeah, it was gnashing of teeth sort of um nerve-wracking but yeah in, in a great fun way i'm glad i wasn't neutral for it to be honest because um uh look i can't imagine being an actual sweden or united states fan watching that game it would have been it would have been um yeah pretty um uh, uh, pretty agonizing to watch either way i think it was it was kind of unusual to to be at the ground and and for there to be so much support for Sweden. I th- would have thought it was the other way around. So I might not be surprised if there weren't any Swedes or Swedish supporters in. They were all they in were Sydney all at the ground. They thought they were going to be in Sydney. Yeah, all the Americans. They were all, they were all in Park. Sydney. Yeah. So so look, that was absolutely brilliant to be there. And I will say that I, I was at the ground and I don't have any sort of um, Sweden kind of kit or anything. So I was wearing a, a vintage Abbey Wombat uh, USA jersey, but I was fully barracking for Sweden. And then my wife was there. We're always on the same side. Like every time we go, yes, we want this team to win that time to that team to win. And this time we're on opposite sides. Emily, my wife, is very much a fan of Megan Rapinoe. So she wanted her to, yeah. So it was it was terrific to sort of just have that playful banter of me saying, oh, but she's a little bit old, you know. Yeah, can she run for, um, you know? But yeah, heap heaps of fun. And and whilst the USA were one of those nations that have helped lift football throughout the world, 
So respect and kudos to them for that. But I don't feel sorry for them in not getting through. I mean, lots of people are saying, oh, geez, it's a terrible way for Pino to go out that she's missed a pen, but she's had so much success. So look, to me, it's absolutely fine. And Sweden um, may not have been necessarily on top, but look, absolutely brilliant to see them go all the way through and we have to keep that mindset when we when we potentially meet them in the in the final because (laughs) yeah well (laughs) we can talk about that as well but yeah terrific game and the penalties is kind of like every time and certainly that last one because of the way that it happened and because of the way VAR and goal line technology has been changing the way that spectators watch games as well it's difficult to always celebrate at the right time so I think we were all kind of quiet and you just stay quiet you're like when can I celebrate or when when what's happening so it's it's interesting the way Mm. that it changes how we are at the game and on tv I'm sure the VAR as you say the VAR decision right at the end was not particularly well communicated by Stephanie Frappard but that's no it was not well we we've never had anything like this before this is the first time that VAR has judged or goal line technology because it wasn't Mm. VAR Mm. yeah but the first time the goal line technology has been used in a penalty shootout I believe so um you know just live and learn and it's even like the hand movements it's like when you when they go to VAR and it's a penalty you get the very strong it's a penalty you get the hand movement whereas it was like the what does what does the cross arm what does that mean yeah (laughs) um, so yeah yeah, it was a little bit confusing and then it was like waiting we could see that the Sweden team were celebrating it's like oh oh, okay it must have gone their way so yeah even even watching on tv it was um it was a little bit confusing but yeah I mean what a way I mean I feel I always feel really bad for the young players so I feel really bad for um Sophia Smith um uh missing her pen I think she's been great this this um this world cup so it's it's yeah it's so tough with penalties um especially when yeah some of those younger players you know step up and take that responsibility and and because i don't think her it was a bad it was just she was going for that you know the good pen and just you know skied it a little bit too much um uh and i guess from the megan rapino's point of view it, it was probably a disappointing way to go out just because it was a disappointing pen from her i think mm-hmm. yeah um that that was probably the disappointing part uh, about it for her uh, I think she would have as a professional and as a veteran would have wanted to do much better uh, in in that moment uh, but yeah not to be that's that's I, that's what happened I think she was going for the big celebration in a way as well like we are going to win this and we are going to win it emphatically and I'm going to create the best pen ever and then that's how hard it is to you know but anyway it, pens is an interesting way to finish up things but how do you otherwise do it and so we are where we are but also big, big. We, we always love it. Um, Alyssa Naya getting up there and and taking the oh, kick what penalty. A pen that was. Oh, and just straight down the middle, just absolutely <laughs> like, bluting it into the back of the net. <laughs> she's always all. She's all business. She's, she's all business. Yeah, I was going to say, there's no frills on that on on that tablecloth. I remember uh, there. Yeah, she is uh, all thriller and no filler. <laughs> I know. I know. There was. I remember there was an athletic article. Um, it was probably last year and I can't remember who wrote it. So I, I, but somewhere on the athletic, but it was after, it was during one of the U S sort of home sort of game sort of streaks where they do all their friendlies and the U S team would just take a wacky photo, uh, Mm. at Mm. the beginning of all of their games. But whenever Alyssa Nea was there, 
she was just, she was not in on the wackiness. She was just always there stone faced in every photo. And it was just this brilliant article, basically just loving how she's just all about the business. She's not about the, the, the showmanship or, or the wackiness, but then also if we're talking about keepers, um, we've also got to talk about uh, uh, Musa Vick, who was just absolutely amazing. She won the game for Sweden. She was yeah. a brick wall. She uh, kept out so many uh, good shots because, I mean, I must say, look, the US you know, had the running in the game and it was only because of her, I think, that that um, that they didn't get a goal in regular time. So she pulled up pulled out some amazing saves. So, yeah. um, and I remember just we were talking at the pub, it's like, She's not even the starting keeper for yep. Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't know how how long that will be the case after that that sort of performance, but yeah, amazing performance from her. I've got to say that Mushovic performance was probably as close as you'll see to a ten from a goalkeeper. Um, I think it was Yamashita made a, made a few really good saves for Japan, but like that was like that was a complete performance. She didn't get anywhere near any of the penalties. But that doesn't matter at the end of the day. She, as you say, Madge, she was the player that got them there. And, like, I think she made eight or nine saves uh, over the 120 minutes. Um, yeah, she was phenomenal. And, I mean, it, it's that kind of performance that really, like, puts, uh, I would say, kind of puts paid also to the to the kind of, you know, women's goalkeepers are so far behind men's goalkeepers. I mean, like, yes, there are obviously going to be physical differences but that's the nature of the game. And, you know, technique often makes up for those physical differences as we've seen with, with other goalkeepers, which has been, which has been quite refreshing. Um, I will just add to your comments, both of you. Um, I feel no pain about the U S going out. Mm -hmm. In fact, I feel nothing but joy. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, look, in the words of Donald Trump, this is what happens to our great nation under <laughs> crooked Joe Biden. Uh, no, it was very, it was very satisfying <laughs> to watch them, uh, to watch them go out um, against Sweden, who, if we we all recall, they lost to at the Olympics, and there was that whole hullabaloo about uh, about that. Um, but it's yeah, I think Sweden were um, Sweden rode their luck, and you know, luck's a fortune. I, um, I I I like to apologise to the people of. Uh, to the people of the Darling Harbour area for having to have all those Yanks turn up to your dearly beloved area um, to watch the game, unfortunately. <laughs> and, and you say that Musevich didn't save any of the pins, but in some way she may have created the mm. the opportunity for the US to miss them because yeah. she's played such a great game that if you don't have your, you know, if you're not getting side netting or some crazy top netting or something or other, she's going to save it. So they're mm. going to have to go for the real extreme things. Otherwise it's 100%. not going to go in. So I think the presence that she created throughout the game has actually created more of that opportunity for the US to miss. Oh, look, I'll say that and she can take more credit for them missing because normally a miss is your own doing, but um, yeah, so be it. The, the penalty, as you say, the penalties that were scored were all, Mm. top notch yes and the ones that weren't were trying too hard to be top notch as you say Chez saying that you know they're, they're going for the the best of the best um all of the ones that went in like even christy muis she came on with like 30 seconds to play didn't touch the ball her first touch of the ball was like roofing it into the northern end of swan streets net like it was yeah it was, it was a, a fantastic game 
One for the ages. I, I, Who said that nil-nils are boring? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know that, you know, that's one match and it doesn't define her performance across the whole tournament. But when we get to the end of the tournament and we talk about the effectively the, the best 11 or the team of the tournament, I wonder whether or not that's been close enough to get her, at least in the shortlist, to be announced as the goalkeeper. And, and that'll be exciting to see what happens. I mean, by, the, by then the tournament's over and it's kind of like, ah, oh, we won, we lost, whatever it might be. But, yeah, getting some of your players in there makes a difference. And I think it could potentially make a difference when we look at the US and they've gone out, let's say, early. They got through the group stages just. But someone like Smith, for example, you know, expecting big things, was able to do really big things, but there's a couple more games yet. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. I was thinking on the on the top 11 or best 11 of the tournament, you make a, you make a fantastic point because – up until this stage, uh, Yamashita, the Japanese goalkeeper, hadn't conceded. Obviously, Norway scored one in their round of 16. So my understanding was that it was the player who concedes the fewest goals or who has the most clean sheets, and that would put them equal. So mm-hmm. um, only one of them has won a penalty shootout. And if you want stage. to talk about screamer saves, um, yep. there was a screamer save in that um, Japan-Norway. Yeah, game. God, that was fantastic. Japan... Yep. The the whaling derby. I was um, <laughs> I was very impressed with how well Japan played, um, oh, and so I was good. also very depressed with how badly Norway turned out at the end. Yeah. Yeah, so yes, Norway but... just living up to our revised expectations. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 and it given my ethnic background, nice to know Norway turned up specifically to smash the Philippines, and then <laughs> other other than that, wow, wow, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Noi. <laughs> uh, lost, in, lost to New Zealand, uh, got absolutely uh, pounded by Japan. Um, yeah, tough scene for Norway. Absolutely, uh, probably the frauds of the tournament, in my humble opinion. Oh. Uh, Germany, uh, I think Germany got uh, were unlucky not to make the group stage, mm. but uh, yeah, Norway, I think people didn't. People had pretty high hopes of them in a relatively easy group, and they just absolutely floundered. If you'll pardon the fishing pun. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Dale. Well, they got they got out of their easy group, and they they absolutely got what they got what they deserved for their their form um, coming up against Japan. Like that game, it's just. I mean, if we, because I think I just watched the Spain game because it was the same day. Yeah. Earlier, earlier in the day, and it's like Spain, another team that keeps a lot of possession. Japan having a lot of possession as well, but Japan just do it so beautifully. And what I love about Japan, I mean, like, and again, I, I'm not a tactician, but it's like I feel like with Japan, they pass like so well, but they always have a point to it. They always do an attacking movement. They don't just hang on to it for the sake of it. They're always making space and then they're always doing some sort of attacking foray that is just so fun to watch um, on the tail end of of any possession that they have. Uh, and the fact that they can just do it so clinically is just so beautiful to watch. And, um, yeah, I just love to see them pick apart Norway. Of course, the, the goal that Norway did get was a fairly predictable one in that that that's probably Japan's weakness is that, you know, they, they are a relatively short team in comparison to a lot of 
uh, a lot of the other teams in the tournament. So they did give up. A, a, and it was a beautiful header from Guru Wrighton. Mm. So, and Guru, look, I love Guru, Guru Wrighton. So I was very happy for her to to score such a great goal. Um, but yeah, Japan just had it all over Norway in this game. Yeah. I'm just having a quick look at the at the details for this match. As you say, Madge, it is interesting because uh, usually when you see a team who holds possession for so long, so Norway had possession in this game, I believe it was oh, 60-40, so uh, pretty even, really high passing accuracy. But the, the thing that I note looking at this is that their passing uh, map is so high up the pitch. It's basically mm. at halfway and around yes. halfway. Mm. And I mean, the the... There's only one really long ball that I'm having a look at. There's a few like long passes kind of dipped over the top, but there's no like, you know, just hit and hope. But it does remind me a lot of, you know, kind of early 2000 or mid 2000s Barcelona where they're just like, as you say, they're just picking apart the team. They're shifting them from left to right. They're making gaps in between the lines. And there's very few backwards passes. It's all side to side uh for like this you know short corners and stuff like that but they're all side to side they're moving backwards and forwards and that's exactly the kind of thing that uh i think a team like norway would have would have and do struggle with because they are a team that relies pretty heavily on either having the ball or doing something with it when they have it whereas japan are happy to just make you look foolish and look really good doing it um yeah they were they were super they were super on on the night um and yeah it was a little bit uh i think this what was this game this game was in uh it was a, it was in wellington so um i think this was uh this was the highest i have a feeling this is the highest attendance at a highest football attendance at wellington history if i am not mistaken mm-hmm. so um and well may it be it was a it was a great game, great performance. Yeah, perhaps if we could go on to well, it does feel like it's heading towards a Spain Japan semi final. So I mean, two teams meeting twice in the same World Cup. But yeah, Switzerland won Spain five, which I was that the one to kick off. Oh, my memory's gone. Was and that really, the one to kick off was, the second round? It was really Spain six. They scored all six of those. Yes, yes <laughs> yeah. very good point. Because <laughs> Spain just passed the Switzerland goal back into the net for them, which is yes. quite nice early Switzerland on. also just, like, attended that match. Yeah. Like, yes. Quite <laughs> frank. <laughs> Not uh, much to say. It was it, it was ended up being quite a boring game because mm. Switzerland just, yeah, passages mm. really in that game. Yeah. Not much to say. Yep, that's uh, fair enough. Uh, let's talk about the other penalty shootout, England knocking Nigeria out. Um, after going down to ten players before, uh, before I let you, uh, esteemed individuals, discuss the game, I just, I, I just, just wanted to say, like, can we stop talking about the Lauren James red card, please? Like, it, it just, do, no, if we have if, to talk about it, <laughs> just do. Uh, I don't know. Just, yeah, it's everything is deceit. It it ends up with people criticizing a twenty-one year old woman of color for poor mentality. I mean, we've all done dumb stuff. Oh, look, I mean, it's like Paris was we, just we were, we were, yeah, we were only watching it on a phone while in the stadium waiting for the Australia game. And look, and, and I haven't, and I've said this before we got on the pod, I haven't really been looking at a lot of social media because there is, there are so many bad takes out there. And I just went, I'm just going to enjoy the yeah. moment of the World yeah. Cup instead yeah. of um, yeah, wallowing in all the bad takes. From watching, from my view, when I said we, we were like, you know, trying to get the stream to work, 
going back to see, you know, what the red card was. It's like, yeah, fine. It was a red card. To me, like, it didn't look like people was like, I heard some people saying, like, she's jumped on her. It's like, to me, it just looked like a bit of a brain fart. Like, she just got up. She wanted to get back into the play really quick. And she just kind of was just like, I don't care that there's a person there. I'm running over the top of you. Like, it, it didn't, to me, it didn't look like, like a malicious thing like some people have made it out to be like it was but red card certainly but um but yeah as as far as like you know lampooning people's um uh integrity and things like that it's like yeah back off but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I tend to agree and i love the tweet from michelle alozi who was uh the victim yes. here yes. and just said uh just tell everyone we're playing on the world stage this game is one of passion insurmountable emotions and moments all respect for lauren james uh yeah there was like broader societal thing because i think in terms of questioning mentality of athletes this happens way more to people of color than it does mm. to white people and yeah. uh yeah, i just don't, don't like what's happening in the comments or whatever whenever anyone discusses that and, I, I, uh, I just want to sorry eric I, I just want to give a shout out to eric as well because there was a message that came through to the beyond 90 facebook page just asking about a comment that they had made on the matildas and w league supporters group just saying um you know why was their post removed and eric and i kind of communicated very briefly on that this morning and the way that eric responded to that person and eric i haven't seen your your other post that you talked about but i, I think that you were really eloquent in the way that you said to them this is why it's not about you it's not necessarily about this specific issue it's about everything that gets bundled around it and i think education is so important and mm. i don't think anyone's in any denial what whatsoever about you know what it was but you know we need to think about bigger and broader things than that so um shout out to eric you can be my um queen king Emperor of the week for the way that you handled it but the also the way that i i think our roles mm. is to be educators in some respects and i think that's really important and and i also think that it's important to acknowledge it wasn't the right thing to do which has been done mm. so we can move on from that mm. Unfortunately, it will stick in, in people's minds and, you know, I don't know how we'll get past that. And it, it's through watching Lauren James play more and, and be better. So, yeah, it, it, I, I don't even know. There, were, there was an incident, let's say it was in the, I don't know, 2010, 2015. I can't remember what year it was, but there was Melissa Tancredi from Canada did a, a, a similar but maybe more violent thing, I think, to someone like Carly Lloyd. And, you know, it sticks in people's minds, but mm. you, one one thing does not define a player or mm. a person. And these people are players, but they are people. Mm. Yeah. So so be kind. If any of us, anyone listening to the pod, you know, the the what we can do is explain it in such a way that, you know, the next person can explain it. And then you get some exponential growth mm. of kindness, compassion, understanding. And so, yeah, anyway, shout out to Eric. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Cheryl. I didn't expect that. But um, yeah, just uh, one minor point. The kind of um, a lighter point, but the people uh, having a go at Lauren James now, they're going to be lapping it up on social media with all the amazing things she's going to be doing in the WSL next season. So mm. yeah, that's we can draw a line under that. Also, by the way, shout out to Chloe Kelly. Um, 
smashes the winning penalty in at 111 kilometers an hour i see yeah. but i'm also straight away waving the cameras away from um oh the uh, Nigerian keeper. My God, I scrolled the, through this article at the wrong time. Yeah, Chiamaka and Andozi, who just had gloves covering her face. And I think well done to Chloe Kelly. Uh, one, of, one of the biggest kicks of career. I don't think it's the biggest kick of Chloe Kelly's career. No, not but, quite. Uh, but, but it's up there. And uh, she's just immediately thought about uh, um, her opponent and just uh, wanted the media to get out of the way. Uh, so... Mm. Yeah, that, that, that was nice to get nice. more statistics as well around the yeah. game. Like yes. we, we've not had this level of statistic, you know, even though it's, it's just a small number, mm. but just seeing, well, aren't all penalties equal? No, then they're not. And it's not just about placement. It's absolutely about speed and yeah. all, all sorts of bits and pieces. So I'm loving the way that the game is growing <clears> and getting more professional aspects around it. And, and that balances out with other things that I don't love either, but yeah. Hey, can I just actually, and this is maybe, maybe, Maybe we'll talk about which match was it? Columbia, Jamaica that I went to. <laughs> uh, we haven't talked about, about that one yet, but my goodness. And Kate Jack was, Kate Jackowitz oh. was the referee. So Australian yes. referee, brilliant to be there. I was just so crossing my fingers and hoping that at some point Kate was going to have enough, this is enough, and give a card for simulation. We didn't see that, but I, I feel like she was getting to the point where she was mm-hmm. having enough anyway. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, Columbia Jamaica. Yes, uh, I as I said earlier, got to watch that at the FIFA Fan Festival in Sydney, Tumbalong Park, with um, many, many Colombian people, and judging by the pre-match warm-up, they, the the host tried to do about five Jamaicans, and it was yes, uh, de- Colombia. I mean, you know, you could see why Jamaica um, hadn't conceded up to the point because they just they just, with the exception, obviously, of the goal and. Um, and I think a couple of other chances. They just see, always seem to find, to get bodies in the way. They really um, played like their lives depended on it, to use a cliche. Um, but yeah, the pass, the assist that led uh, to Columbia's goal, what a switcher play and what a first touch from Uzme. And it, uh, it, it just tongue in the, the, the pass hung in the air for so long that it was almost like you could have too much time to think about what you could you were going to do. But Uzme, the first touch and then uh, the left foot finished it. It was enough, but uh, yeah, just... Uh, that and uh, more Linda Caicedo magic, even though she didn't score. And yes, um, really looking forward to seeing uh, Colombia in uh, the flesh on the weekend. Uh, Do anyone else have any thoughts about Colombia, Jamaica? No, it's as you, as you guys mentioned, the, the Colombian fans, oh. something else. Yep. Uh, we went to Colombia, Korea, which sucked. The game was not great. Also, I had to work like an actual job work. Uh, (laughs) So I took my laptop to that game. Uh, Me and about 14 other people at the back of the second, second, uh, second section of that stadium. But no, they are, they're great fun. They're, they're super interesting to watch. Um, I think, I also think that they just, they're not as appreciated uh, as they probably should be. They, they only lost the Copa America Feminina uh, final one nil to Brazil, I, uh, if I recall. Like they're, I think they're a better team than Argentina. I think this team, this tournament has shown that. I wouldn't necessarily say that they're a better team than Brazil, but uh, they did make it to the quarterfinals. So I mean, the proof is the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Um, but like they have, they have so much technical capability. It is just a matter of time, I think, until a lot of these players get snapped up by by you know NWSL or mm. Liga MX or, or European. Um, leagues like Catalina Usme's goal was fantastic. I've I've so much time for Linda Caicedo, and she's only what like eighteen. So um, I think 
yeah, I think it's a we'll see a few of these players get get snapped up as that there's been a lot of transfer talk over this tournament, which is mm. obviously one of the things that we love about World Cups as well. On that, it's like is it Real Madrid that has Casado and Haley Rezzo? Mm-hmm. They must mm-hmm. think they've got like absolute bargains, and like, they've got just snap them up before this World Cup where yeah. they've both done very well. Yeah. And they've got who else have they got? Caroline Weir to play through uh, balls to those two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, they have a fair old team. Mm-hmm. Um, and Caicedo is yeah, she she played half of the season last year or appeared half of the season last year for for Real Madrid, and um, yeah, she's only going to get more and more more and more time there. They've also got Sandy Toletti, uh, just having a look through here, Catherine Merla, um, some other players who I've never heard of, but I'm sure they're very good. <laughs> uh, Naomi Falaire, who's on the French team. Um, yeah, I mean, as you say, they've got a couple of bargains in those two players. Shout out to the fans as well. I know that you've already called it out, but being at the venue and actually seeing the team sing their national anthem, I've been at plenty of football matches, including Australian matches where I'm, you know, absolutely completely invested. But I think this was the first time in a while that I've been moved to tears watching watching the fans and the team sing their national anthem with such passion. So that was absolutely beautiful. That was that was probably one of the highs of the game, one of the lows of the game. I d- and I don't know whether or not it appeared on the broadcast, but there was a pitch invader who was tackled and, and tackled quite severely. Um, you know, it was right after the goal that they had scored and, you know, probably someone very, very exuberant exuberantly celebrating but maybe not in the most appropriate way i hope he is okay Mm -hmm. um just in terms of the way that he was taken down but um yeah let's just keep it um keep it real yes let's try try and keep it in the stands for our celebrations um so firstly the next up i think we'll if we could talk about for however long we want about the game, the US friendly kickoff time that ended up not involving the US and ended up being very inconvenient for the two actual participating nations, Netherlands 2, South Africa nil. So I, think... I had no idea why this game was scheduled at this time. What a silly, silly thing to do. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, uh, 3 a.m. kickoff times for um, both of those nations. Uh, loving yeah. seeing a 3-4 formation at a World oh. Cup, which is effectively oh. what uh, the Netherlands played in this game. Um, <laughs> was super surprised that South Africa didn't score. Uh, they had a whole bunch of opportunities and I I kind of expected them to take one. I think that they'd been really good in their in their group stage. Obviously, they had very little of the ball in this match, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. For some reason, I expected a little bit more. I, I did enjoy the, the, the uh, discourse around uh, a, a Netherlands versus a South Africa game that's not being played in Perth um, <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but yes, you know, um, yeah, full credit to the Netherlands. They they just, look, they're a pretty decent team, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I had fun. I went to the um, the Netherlands, the fan meetup that was like across the park there at Moore Park and grabbed a flag because I like free stuff and, um, <laughs> and, and walked on over with the Netherlands fan. So that was a lot of fun. Um, although it weirdly had a very Samba feel. So I'm not sure what was quite going on there. there Cultural exchange of football. Yes, okay. yeah. let's say that. It was, it was a little odd, but it was fun. It was drums and flag waving. I, I was wanting the left and right chant that I'd seen. Yeah. From, we didn't get that. So anyway, it was it was still great fun, um, Yeah, seeing that sort of the wall of orange uh, turn up in, in Sydney. So, uh, yeah, I had fun as a neutral there. Yeah. 
and I think last one. So uh, sorry to see all the African teams. They're gone now, but they, they delivered so much uh, to this tournament. And uh, yeah, I was at, yeah, I rushed home from the live site to watch as much of France, Morocco as I could. And now I'm terrified because of the way France started this game. France for Morocco nil. I, now just thinking about this makes me nervous. Thinking about the quarterfinal. Um, I'm not uh, for a number of reasons. Make uh, us feel better, Dale. Okay. Okay. Please. please the floor is yours. Here's my hot take. France, flat track bullies. Ooh. Um, beat struggled to beat a Brazil team that really disappointed everybody. Mm-hmm. Couldn't beat Jamaica. Uh, you know, got past Panama. Flat track bullies. We beat them a couple of weeks ago. Get it out of the way. Just pack, you know, book your Air France flight home now. Bevo <laughs> Renard, you beautiful bastard. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I was impressed with how France played in the first half, um, but the game was finished at halftime. The, mm. the three goals that they scored in the first, mm. in the, well, they scored three goals in eight minutes, and then mm. Morocco kind of was a bit of damage control after that. Um, it, I was... It was the first time that I've seen her play a full match, but I was really, really impressed with uh, what's her first name? Nuhalia Benzina, the hijabi defender who plays for Morocco, um, made a number of really good blocks um, in this game and kind of was a cooler head when cooler heads needed to prevail. But I'm not going to lose any sleep over these. There's not no, like if, if Morocco are getting in behind and almost scoring against this lot, then, you know, we should be all right. I must say, just I'm just going to say generally because yeah, again, like I, I, um, I didn't see heaps of this game either. But in all the games, I've been really impressed for France with um with Vicky Becho Becco mm. coming off the bench. She's been, I think, really great for France. So, uh, I think she's if we're going to use a bit of Tony's talk, uh, a bit of a game changer for France. So she's one that I'll definitely be keeping an eye on if she comes off the bench um there will definitely be no respite in the uh game against australia um when she comes on she's always she's come on to every game that i've seen and, and really provided a spark for france mm, i tend to agree france's strength is in their depth mm. um they obviously have some very good players but they don't lose as much um as other teams when they do go to the subs mm. um they're obviously missing you know three of their best players in Amal Marjorie, Amadine Henri and Delphine Cascarino um, all through ACLs if I'm not on oh no, uh Henri has a calf injury but the other two have ACLs if I'm not mistaken um, they also are missing Marie Antoinette Cototo who would probably be leading the line in a front two with Lusomere playing in the number 10 position but they are playing a 4-4-2 at the moment effectively um, yeah we're still going to beat them that's are- you have made me feel better. And if <laughs> yes, if you mentioned a potential weakness with players getting in behind, well, now I'm thinking about Caitlin Ford and Haley Rasso charging in behind those um, blue shirts. Yeah, and not to mention that we also have like the fastest player in world football coming off the bench in Kate in Courtney Vine. Yes. Oh my god, I I somehow would become even more unbearable. Courtney Vine reminds me friends. of the cowboy in Mighty Ducks Two, who <laughs> is very fast but doesn't know how to stop. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she, I mean, look, we flash back to the Denmark game. She had a, a better first few touches than Sam Kerr did. So I guess, you know, that's something to kind of take away from that. Um, but yeah, 
Um, France, impressive. Morocco, um, impressive in their own way. Yeah. And I must say, how good is it that Sam Pleur, that's the first time we've mentioned it today, like Matildas, yes. um, despite all of the discourse that's happened with the media? can be wonderful without Sam Kerr, but of course we will we will welcome her back anytime. Yes. Um she wants to play some more minutes and it was good mm. to see her get minutes in the legs. Yeah, but um yeah. it was good to see her. Also yeah. I would like to apologize to Caitlin Ford for nearly physically running into her um at the stadium. Uh thankfully I did not do that. Yes, yes, that, that would have been bad, Dale. Yeah, like and I would have been <laughs> escorted out in shackles. <laughs> yes. A oh, quick so- shout Quick shout out as well to uh, the next matches that we've got for the quarterfinals. Five teams from effectively the um, UEFA Confederation highlighting the change that having 32 teams, I mean, maybe not highlighting, but go with Cheryl, hypothetically highlighting the change that, you know, now you can have way more, um, not normalisation, but way more representation of the nations who are playing the best football at the moment. Mm. So, you know, five from UEFA, two from AFC, that's punching above our weight, I think, to some degree, mm. and then one from Colombia. Are they Conmebol or are they yep. CONCACAF? Yeah, Conmebol. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, obviously we're, we're down to eight teams, so it's not really showing everything, but, yeah. Pretty good for me. Yeah, I, 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 I like this mix of games. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Does anyone have any really strong thoughts about that? I suppose that what we've done could count as an Australia-France preview, but also, yeah, Spain versus Netherlands, Japan versus Sweden, England versus Colombia. Um, All of yeah, these games I, are crackers. Yes. Every yeah. single one of them are crackers, and I can't wait. I like the 11 a.m. kickoff for Spain, Netherlands. We'll we'll see how that one goes. I think with England, Colombia, and the only other thing to say about the Lauren James thing is I don't know if when, if they've already made their decision about reviewing and seeing whether or not the, um, has that been done? Some Mm. nods. Dale, I'm sure you've spoken about this. Uh, Violent conduct is a mandatory three-match ban. And has it been clarified as violent conduct? Yep. So, so she's out. Again. Okay. Yep. She's there you go. The Thank you. Okay. Yep. yep. All right. Well, well, there yeah. you go. And but England aren't one player, um, yeah. and it might be that they want to make a stand because of that. I think Colombia are going to be exciting. Uh, mm. Yeah. Like that. These are four <laughs> great quarterfinal matches. Yeah, and um, I mean this. As, I mean, we've already made up on this. This is definitely not the end for Lauren James. I can think of another English player who. Um, got a silly red card in a World Cup round of 16 game, and David Beckham ended up doing all right. So, yeah, she, uh, Lauren I, will be fine. Biggest winner of the week, I think, is Wayne Rooney for everybody forgetting that that also happened to him in 2006. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank, thanks, thanks for the reminder, Dale. It is exactly. it See, indeed. Nobody See? remembers. <laughs> so, so in, in fact, England, Lauren James, in her own uh, way, kind of living She's in up to English company. football heritage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, but, oh, so the signs are great for Lauren James. Well, well, that, now that makes me feel a lot better. Ah, uh, yes. Um, yeah, I don't really... Hang on, I don't, I don't think we should set the level at Wayne Rooney for Lauren James. Like... Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. Go. yeah. You can go above and beyond. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I, I echo Cheryl's thoughts about the 11 a.m. game. I'm not sure about what my productivity will be like on Friday, but that's a problem for Nero. the week Nil. after. The Zero. week after. Do not care. And, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'm happy to nail my primary colors to the mask for um, Saturday night. Viva Colombia! Uh, I, have, I, will, I have forgiven them for any 
pre-tournament indiscretions that I may have privately mm. complained about before the tournament. I think that that game is going to be a lot closer than people realize. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's, if it either goes to extra time mm. or there's an upset. I think yeah, that I'm, I'm... Columbia have a little something going on. Yes. And they're, they're a team full of players that do not exactly take a backward step. Um, shout out to Ada Guzman having many, many tattoos in, and mm. uh, being able to pull off a neck tattoo, which not everyone can do. Um, also, oh yeah, Catalina Perez, the Colombian keeper. It's like, I, I think she does what you want most uh, more than anything from a keeper. It's like you relax when she's coming out for a, a cross. She just, she's like that security blanket that you need. So, and you know, you don't need it more than in a bigger knockout stage game for your country. Mm. Uh, let's sit. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, it's it. I mean, I, I, we like the early dub signings. They do kind of get hidden at the world cup, but Michelle Heyman, like, one more go around at least with Canberra United. So obviously we love that. Mm. Uh, Should have been in the world cup squad, but you know, yeah. My yes. analysis, my, my colors again, as you say, now yeah. last on that one. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, so, was there anyone else seen any? I should have prepared this, but has anyone else seen any interesting uh, dub signings? Brianna Edwards today. I think there was something Knicks, to Knicks. Knicks. Yeah, Brianna Edwards. Yeah, I think there's been a few yeah. Newcastle ones. Yes, just those that's seen on the Jets, but I wouldn't, wouldn't be able to tell you there. I'll, yeah. I'll go off and I'll update the squad. Yeah, I think there's a. I think there's a few pick. floating about. Yeah, none um, for yet. <laughs> Still yeah. waiting. Um, I can't even. Don't even remember if I said this on the last podcast. I'll say it again. Um. Claudia Chico uh, making the switch from Wellington Phoenix to Newcastle Jets, and she's joined by her RPL like our teammate Sophie Hoban. So, uh, love to see a dub debutante. And it does look like from the uh, they announced her as a defender. She's an attacker for RPL, but she works really hard. It's actually really good in 50 50. So, possibly a position change coming up for Sophie. Um, we'll see how that plays out uh, over the summer. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, I suppose, unless anyone has anything else to add. I reckon we do... jump onto Queens, Kings, yeah. and Thimperers oh, yeah, yeah, of the that's Week right. for sure. Yes. yes, I have, like, it's embarrassing. I've forgotten how to host this podcast. Yes, <laughs> because you suggested this, Cheryl, you can go first. Oh, all right. Well, look, I know that this is video and it's probably going to be weirdly obscured, but I got a, a book in the mail, The Kicking Goals Journal from Louise Blair, which is basically a book that she's co-written with Sam Kerr. Whoops, and I'm throwing it around. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's, it's a great little book for young kids to get involved and having flown through a number of airports at the moment and you see how much merch is out there these days for, for, for younger kids, for older kids like me. So I think it's terrific. And just going through it and Louisa, I know I said I'd, I'd do a proper review, but I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I will say Louise, I reckon you could be one of my best friends because I love how you've written in the back about the author. It says, hi, my name's Lou and I never stop thinking or talking about soccer that's all i yes. need right I, I think we i think we could be best buddies so um there you go shout out louise to the kicking goals journal sam kerr a great little opportunity for people to have a look it's got some stuff in there about learning techniques it's got some stuff about learning uh positions so you know when you're thinking about Certainly down south in Victoria, it's very footy-based, very Australian rules, and the positions are different. So, you know, if you grab a copy of this book, you'll be able to have a bit of a look and, and get some education and maybe not feel so freaked out about what is this other game that I've lo loved watching people play, but I don't know necessarily how to play it mm -hmm. myself. So there you go. Shout out to Lou. 
Yeah, I love that, especially as someone I came to football a bit, little bit later in life than a lot of other people. So yeah, like, uh, love to hear that. Uh, Dale, you can go next with your selection. Uh, my selection for the week is Ashley Plumtree from Nigeria, mm. who came out this week after the Super Falcons were knocked out of the tournament by England. Uh, and she made comments about uh, African teams only being considered for their speed and their strength. We've heard this a thousand times, mm -hmm. uh, but it was very well and very eloquently put by the former Leicester City fullback. And after this game, I'm tired of people saying that African teams are just strong and they're fast and they count us out as being tactical or technical. Mm -hmm. We just pushed England to the very end. I think that we've had better chances than them. It's a privilege to be on this team. It's hard. It's really hard losing, but it was a big moment for me playing England and my goodness, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. Her father and her grandfather are both Nigerian. Uh, and we always talk about players representing the nations of their heritage. And uh, I am, yeah, more than more than proud of a person that I've never met and have thus been proud of parasocially, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I was very, very impressed with how eloquent she was um, in making those points, especially after what would have been such a kind of crushing loss like uh, she suffered so she's my queen of the week yep uh great selection and a point yes i think yeah we all share that the um frustration over the way people of african descent are covered in football mm. um madge uh, who have you selected uh, mine's it's like i don't know how much credit i want to give them but i, I just think it deserves a shout out channel seven mm -hmm. are going to be showing the matilda's game uh on the main channel and they're going to be pushing back the news, not just in one or two cities, but in every city across the country, which I think just is testament to uh, how much this tournament's taken off in the country. Uh, it, I don't think it's ever happened for football uh, in this country before. So I think it's huge and uh, absolutely deserved. Uh, they're absolutely smashing ratings, as I think all of us diehard mm -hmm. fans knew mm -hmm. would happen i think we were all sort of saying i don't think people realize how big this tournament's going to be well they now realize how big this tournament 100 and uh and it's just fantastic to see that we're going to have a saturday night quarterfinal <laughs> on the main channel prime time yeah, prime it's gonna time be absolutely. Wild. <clears throat> people aren't going to miss it it's not going to be pushed off uh because the news is coming on it's going to be front and center with people just even if someone's just got the TV on casually in the afternoon, they're going to see um, this game, which I think is huge. Yeah. I have to do a bit of a mea culpa as well, um, Madge, because I, I saw on social media that Madge posted how how people can get to the point where they didn't know that they needed to buy tickets for the, this Brisbane match. And I'm kind of like, I just... Are I you just one went, too, Cheryl? Oh, Madge, I just went and stood in the corner. <laughs> oh no that's the thing I've had so many people but it's, it, the thing is it's I expected a lot of people to come at me for tickets mm. but so many people that I would have thought but not you organized <laughs> who don't have tickets and I'm disappointed I'm gonna uh, I'm just gonna say I'm disappointed yeah, yeah. in you all I I have not put a foot wrong up until this point I will <laughs> say and and I'm trying to understand logically why it was that I did this and I just thought maybe we're just gonna sit ourselves in in Sydney and just go with it and we did it in 2015 I, I don't think we missed missed any oh no I did miss what was it in La when we lost against Norway, I missed mm. that match. I didn't go to Moncton in 2015, so I've got this habit of missing one game because we're Maybe just. You're the reason we don't win. 
so someone needs to give me a ticket match that's you know <laughs> well, that sounds like perfectly credible to me <laughs> someone get Cheryl a ticket yes please yes that that will be the change of football <laughs> yeah the change we need oh yeah so yeah I, I yeah I'm pretty sure sh- what it's definitely um the case that's the first time the news have been pushed back for women's football surely but uh yeah so uh well done to everyone there uh i got a couple of selections uh, both related to the medical field so uh my first queen of the week is now former island international harriet scott who has had a hectic last 12 months to say the least um she completed her studies to become a doctor, so final exams, uh, graduation, also the small matter of qualifying for the World Cup with the Republic of Ireland and being one of the emergency players uh, for the Irish squad in the tournament. Now she's tied. She's posted on Instagram. She's going to take a step back from football and decompress. She's going to start work as a doctor in the NHS. So that isn't that uh, wonderful. And also uh, Michelle Alozi, the uh nigerian international not just an elite footballer also holds a degree in molecular biology from yale and works part-time as a cancer research technician at the texas children's hospital in overachievers Houston. this is but, but, that's but also unbelievable on, on on her tweet where she was yeah great and gave great context to the lauren james yes. issue she also did another tweet i think earlier on where it was just the photo of her because she's just kind of like on the ground like looking up going like what and there's Lauren James's foot on her back and she's just, and it's just got the the wording life, um, which was also hilarious. So can yes. we just add in that she's hilarious as well? Yes. She, in, and I, hilarious I, in defeat, what must be, must be, but you know, to be able to sort of like, yeah, grab, grab that moment and, and look at the photo and uh, bring some levity to it. Yep. Uh, well, well not, uh, now I've got to search for that tweet as well. So it'll take me a couple of minutes after we've uh, done recording. But yeah, that sounds, that's the usual ending for this podcast. So I think it's time to wrap it up and have an early night for once. Is everyone, wait, why am I not looking at my Zoom? Yes, that's not, that's not for everyone. Good. Okay. So on behalf of Cheryl Downs, Dale Roots and Magella Card, this is uh, Eric Sabihano signing off for episode 160 of the Beyond 90 podcast, wishing you all the usual things, good vibes, great coffee, sick tattoos, razzlers, and yeah, just hope you enjoy uh, the Women's World Cup to the fullest. Go Australia and Viva Colombia. See you next time.